Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello sports fans and welcome to the brand new Minus 3 presented as always by Omaha. Much has changed since last we spoke. We now know college football's Final Four. It's Georgia, it's Michigan, it's TCU, and it's USC. What's bad is it's anticlimactic. Now championship Saturday is meaningless. Now Friday means something. If USC loses, then we have minor chaos, but pretty much the other three teams I already mentioned can lose their conference title games and still go to the final four. The Packers season is over. No playoffs for you, Aaron Rodgers. Russ's has been over for some time now. Same could be said for Tom Brady's Bucks if they weren't in that bum division. Will Odell's season ever begin here? Deshaun Watson's season starts next week. And move over, Punxsutawney Phil. A skunk appearing to herald five years of Watson is way funnier than uh, a, a, a groundhog seeing its shadow. Also better, Brian Robinson's 2022 looked rough back in August. Now he's got a big hat and his team is 7-5. and five. The East <laughs> overall is a beast. Times two, all eight teams in the AFC and NFC East. Over 500 and out here in the West, SoCal specifically, the Littlers beat the Elders in our Turkey Bowl, 35-14 to 14 blowout, breaking a four-game losing streak for the Littlers. Your MVP, Jean-Claude Van Damashek, three touchdowns for the winning side. Now, let's say hello to Eddie Spaghetti over there behind the glass. Hope he had a th- happy Thanksgiving despite going to the Coliseum to watch his fighting Irish Lose to USC and the presumptive Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. And joining us from around the NFL. Ooh, what a treat to catch up with this fella in the here and now. And also from the Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project, our old pal, the boss, fan of the last place New England Patriots. It's Greg Rosenthal. What's the poop, fella? How are you? I'm great. And how dare you say there's no important college football this weekend? We got the biggest two-lane green wave game since I was a sophomore uh, in 98 for the undefeated Sean King uh, two-lane. I mean, they should put them in the playoffs if they win this game. They got the AAC championship here against UCF. Come on. Hey, I I wish you nothing but the best. I I can't decide you know uh you know your old pal dave loves to talk about uniforms above uh, just about any other subject out there i can't decide if i like the green waves get-ups or not that like they're amazing with the dark green i think i like it but i i the colors what what they are are unique nobody else has that color scheme at least so that makes them okay right nobody has that logo i, I think the uniforms are the it had been for a while the best part about the green wave. They did not have those uniforms when I was there, but at some point they changed and then they lost for about 20 years. And now they're a top 20 team for one year. Um, all right, let's talk about your favorite pro football team. Weird times over there, because on one hand, it does feel to me ever so slightly, despite the Lombardi two years ago, that in I I, I know you're one of the you know, like, I, I don't really care. I'm just happy. I got to watch uh, the dynasty of Belichick and Brady and all that. But I'm so glad I could come on just to hear your impression. I, I miss it, you know, at NFL Network. Call me anytime. I'll do it for you anytime, friend. If you if you want me to, you know, just FaceTime me. If you want me to do it for the whole gathered family and friends, I'll do it anytime you want. Um, but 
First of all, it feels to me like now Belichick has inched ahead of Brady in the Brady v. Belichick post-Patriots dynasty thing. I know you don't care. I just said I know you don't care, so we don't have to indulge that. But how to make sense of the 6-5 and Patriots? How much did it spoil your Thanksgiving watching that one? I was not surprised that they got got there. In fact, I was surprised that they really could have should have won that game had it not been for for one of the most ironic calls that I've seen in some times. Was it a Jesse James touchdown reversal called against the Patriots and Hunter Henry? How say you? Ooh, that's a good callback. Maybe that was uh, some sort of karma coming back at them. No, you hate to complain about the calls, although the calls in that game were were rough. There were more than a few that went against the Patriots, and that was one of them. It did ruin my Thanksgiving night more than I expected because – I, you know, we, you know, our setup on Sundays at work and for around the NFL, we assign out different games. So I don't always have them live. Uh, sometimes other people have them and they've been, you know, you matched up in, in different games. This was them in prime time. And I've got my son Walker with me who is loyal uh, to his father and became a Patriots fan. My daughter's a Rams fan. And for the most part, that ended up being a smart move for her. And so we're watching that together. I don't know about long term if it did, but okay, at least she got to see the she got to see her home team win a Super Bowl in person. So that was pretty special. Right, true, true. Um, She, you know, we watched that game. I thought that was a very winnable game to see Mac Jones play that well. And to me, this season, no matter what the record is, was going to be a disappointment if Mac Jones looks like he did for the first eight nine weeks of the season when he played. And he played his best game of the season through three quarters. And uh, then it all fell apart and they couldn't have made more mistakes in the fourth quarter. You give up a a kick return touchdown. That was in the third that like starts the comeback. It's just everything that Belichick's supposedly is good at coaching, which they haven't been the last two years, which is penalties. They've been terrible. They're last in the league, I think, in net penalties like them versus their opponent. You know, turnover margin. They've been bad at that. Mental mistakes situational football they blew the end of the game they blew the end of the first half so it i left feeling very sour and thinking you know what's what is really the upside of this team they're gonna have to beat the bills at least one of two times or else the best case scenario is they win all the other games to go 10 and 7 and that's that's asking too much and you're gonna need 10 wins in the afc That's exactly what my next question was. You know me in the must-win game stuff. They're going to play whether they lose to the Bills in Foxborough or not um, next Sunday. But, you know, for playoff purposes, do the Patriots need to have this one? The last game of the season at Buffalo, if it means anything to the Bills, you have to assume that's going to be a win for the home team there. The Patriots go at Vegas coming on a little bit, Cincinnati looking really good. And then the dolphins who kind of sort of have their number. This is, this doesn't set up great. You know, I feel like in a vacuum though, I would, I would think, as I just said, like Belichick is having a halfway decent season, but they're in last place because Mike White's jets and otherwise are, are looking down on them in the division. So yeah, I think it's weird time for the Patriots and, Obviously, weird times in football in general with those brand name QBs falling on their face almost across the board. Patrick Mahomes standing out still. Let's jump, though, to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I've kind of sort of been wrong about. I can make excuses for them without Rashad Bateman, their one viable uh, wide receiver. And the Ronnie Stanley thing is really getting to be Well, that's why you need more than one viable receiver, though. That was a... 
of a fault of theirs. Yeah, but no one's ever going to sign there, right? Didn't we know that that was going to be the case three years ago when they decided to commit fully to the Lamar Jackson experience that no high-end free agent would ever purposely sign to play there? I mean, just pay them more money than the other teams are offering. I don't, I don't buy that. that no, they'll okay, pay, they'll pay people. That it was, it was weird. I they did decide to go like full in on the run this year, but when you lose Lamar in that game, Demarcus Robinson dropped a touchdown pass. Lamar played fantastic, I thought, and then the defense gave up. There's something about this defense. I know they've improved throughout the course of the season, but to blow four games where you have big leads late, I don't think that's something in analytics would agree that can, is going to carry over year to year, but within the scope of one season. And that's all that really matters right now. That is now in the DNA of that team. And I don't know if that's going to go away. They are just a team that knows how to lose games from ahead. That's what they do. Yeah. I thought that Justin Houston primarily, and, and he was making me look good for a couple of weeks there. I thought that once they got their, their pass rushers back, that the defense would would uh, become a little, uh, you know, it would hold up its end of the bargain a little bit. But, you know, Lamar Jackson now talking stuff on social media and all of that. Um, he deleted that tweet. We were kind of has. amazed. Oh, he has. Because it was up for at least four hours. I, I, I At least four hours after he wrote it, it was still sitting there. I was like, I'm surprised it's made it as long as it has. <laughs> um. I, you know, I'm going to stick with my Ravens winning the division pick just because the schedule sets up so much more favorably for them than it does for the Bengals. But here comes Joe Burrow and company. Um, how say you on um, on the Ravens? And you're, you're basically saying that you think that uh, the, the ceiling is fairly low on them, that this January is not going to be any better for them than it has been the last couple no. of years. I mean, a week ago, I was thinking maybe this is it. This is finally the year for Lamar. I would love to see Lamar in a Super Bowl. And I can't I can't pretend I wasn't saying a week ago, this could be the best defense in the league because on paper, they have players at every level of the defense. Even in that game yesterday, I watched every snap. It was a great game. That was one of the, the best games I've watched all season, Jaguars, Ravens. They're so strong up front. You can't really run on them very well. Calais Campbell, and they're, they're just mm -hmm. powerful. They're good at the second level. Roquan Smith made a couple plays again in that game that, that could have won them the game. Uh, a tackle he made on a screen pass that saved points. They're good on the back end, or at least they should be, but Marcus Peters was getting picked on. So I think, I think they're in the mix, and you're right. The schedule matters so much at this time of year. They only play one team, I think, with a winning record the rest of the way. That's Week 18 in Balt uh, against the Bengals, whereas the Bengals have the Chiefs, the Browns with Deshaun Watson, at Tampa, at New England, Bills, and then Ravens. That is brutal. The, the Bengals are playing well enough now that I think just I test they are playing better than the Ravens and that they're right there with Bills and Chiefs as – Super Bowl contenders, if you just threw out the records, but you can't throw out the records and the odds are they're going to have to win three road games to make it to the Super Bowl just with the way it's set up. But Joe Burrow is just he just feels like he's gone to another level, even the last month where he's right there with anyone. And so you have to give them a, a chance in every game. Yeah, and, and got to point out that a week ago in Pittsburgh, you know, Joe Mixon goes out at, at halftime and Jamar Chase is in street clothes the whole time. We can swoon over Joe Burrow. That was bad from the Steeler side of things, but that's really, you talk about elevating the guys around you. Samaji Pirine? 
get you three times. I mean, yes, I think that uh, that this is grand stuff for Joe Burrow, but I still like because of how the schedule. Yeah, but the up. throws he was making that Steelers game was partly what made me realize he's going to another level. Those were not easy throws. I was just like, this guy is putting it wherever he wants. And maybe it's vindication for my guy, Zach. No, it's not my guy. I pick on him. Zach Taylor uh, for giving the ball to Samaj P. Ryan in such a big spot in the Super Bowl. He can say, see, this guy, P. Ryan was good all along. I Well, I did actually think that he was going to be the reason <laughs> that they fell on their face this year. But uh, so far, I haven't been right about that one because here they here come the bungle since their 0-2 uh, start. Um, play Scrooge for me now, Greg Rosenthal. There are some nice stories out there. Geno Smith is one of them. The Giants are another nice story so far. Is it over for those teams? Do you think that the Niners now are going to put away the NFC West and Mm. keep the Seahawks in the rearview mirror going forward? It's hard to make a case that that's not the way this thing is trending, at least in that division. Are you doing this because Scrooge was Jewish? Was Scrooge Jewish? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Scrooge? Is that true? I think it was some anti-Semitic undertones here. No, I'm just making that up. I have no idea if that's true. Or not. Let's go. Want to get? Want to do the Grinch? Uh, either way, I'm not. I'm not backing off the Seahawks. Yeah, that's more likely that the 49ers are going to win that division. I don't think they're a perfect team. They have a tough schedule. I think the Seahawks' offense is going to remain a top eight offense or so. An offense is more consistent. Yesterday was very concerning how the defense could not get a stop. I mean, they were destroyed that whole game. Even their two interceptions they had were a little lucky on weird plays. Otherwise the Raiders could have put up 50. So yeah, they'll, I think they'll still make the playoffs though. I I believe they're going to get one of those wild card spots. So to me, that's not a drop off. I think the, the giants are much more likely to fall out of the playoffs completely and have been a house of cards this whole time. Uh, sorry, Eddie, but, uh, that's just that's my feeling that that they well, can fall right out. They got it. This game against the commanders this week feels like like a, a two ships passing in the in the night type of game. I was just going to say to me, these oh, they have two games coming up um, the, the the two head to heads between these between these teams. If either team sweeps that the other one probably stays home. I, I've been saying for a, a few weeks now it was tracking towards all four East teams getting into the playoffs. But of course those head to heads tend to eliminate one or the other. Where is, since you've led the Geno bandwagon for some time now, this is not a, a a new thing for you. You've been on this for years and years now, Geno Smith, where is he the starting quarterback in 2023 or is he a starting quarterback? Uh, That's almost a certainty that he, that somebody keeps him and makes him a starter, right? It has to be with the Seahawks. I think they'll have a, what a top five pick because they have the Broncos pick. And so they might take a quarterback and that would seem like a smart place to take a quarterback, but you keep Geno as your week one starter and, and see what happens. It also would make a lot of sense if Pete Carroll just like wants to take some defensive player there and they roll with, you know, it's tricky because free agency comes first. That always annoys me about the NFL. So the Seahawks have to make their decision on Gino and Gino's got to make his decision before free agency. I don't think they'd franchise tag him. It kind of depends on how far he wants to push it. I'm sure that they would give him, let's say $20 million a year right now. Like, does he think he can get, real like Ryan Tannehill. I'm the 13th best starter in the league money, which kind of is like 25 to 30 
plus million, a couple of years guaranteed. He might be able to get that if he pushed it to free agency. If he just wants to stay in Seattle, which seems like a smart move and they're willing to deal with him, I think they would. Why wouldn't they? They have, like, I don't think anything he's doing is fluky. I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback, but I think the skills he shows are like very repeatable. Yes, this does not feel like some holiday miracle. It feels solid and legit what Gino specifically is doing. You were the guy who told me half a decade ago, I was I, I was real big on this. Once you pay, it went once the QB takes up with his second big deal, takes up a certain percentage of the salary cap, it diminishes your chances of making a run. And there's there, you know, I think it's a credible point still. If you look at in the 21st century, the QBs, even the high end ones, the brand name guys, half the Super Bowls include a high end QB still on his rookie deal. But you said, look at the, what the Cavs doing. They're starting to accommodate $40 million, $45 million deals for the big name QB. Of course, you don't want to give it to Ryan Tannehill if you can avoid that or Jared Goff. But if you have the real deal, you can keep that QB and still flesh out your roster overall. But I do think that we're in this funny place now where did Geno Smith, that, that intermediate deal, like the $20, 25000000 million a thing, and the, the solution is not either keep your guy for $50 million or start all over again. I think there are some intermediate options. And the other one is Danny Dimes. Where is he the quarterback next year? Not New York. Uh, I mean, it's who knows? He'll be he'll be uh, underneath. Uh, what college coaches you know, like David Shaw for the Arizona Cardinals or something? Who, who knows? You know, like, like, this I don't think he's going to be in New York. I think Dable will want to do better. And I think Dan, Danny Dimes will actually have some options, including New York. Like he, he'll be like a lower version of Gino where they would probably offer him better than backup money, I would think. But I think he might be able to do better elsewhere. Here's what we are. We're, we're limited by our own imaginations. You know, we, we 20 years ago, there was no such thing as Peyton Manning kind of changed it when, when he moved to Denver, but those were specific circumstances because of the neck and everything else. You just don't see very many big name QBs. Joe Montana gets traded. There are some exceptions that prove the rule, but all of a sudden in the last five years or so, now you do see a lot of big name QB movement. Aaron Rodgers, any chance he's the Jets QB next year? Yes. Is that... Do you, Don't you, do you think? think? I mean, I think it's a I th I think it makes all the sense in the world. I think it's super funny that Aaron Rodgers could beat for beat follow the path of Brett Favre to to the exact I mean to the conclusion of, of playing for the New York Jets the year right. after he finishes with the Packers and gets chased out of town. Right. We were six weeks. We got six games left still. So I haven't thought about okay, what teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Obviously, the Jets uh, will be one of those teams, but last night's game, the Packers bringing in Jordan love and him looking good in a short spot and the oblique injury that Rogers has, they have a bye week. They have the bears, the worst defense in the league. And then a bye week. So that's a nice spot. Go see Jordan love. I will find out how serious that injury is either way. It makes sense to play Jordan love, not just to see what you have, but also to help his trade value and also to feel more comfortable to trade Aaron Rodgers if he balls out and you decide, okay, let's keep love and let's get a haul for Aaron Rodgers while we can. 
if they don't like what they see out of Jordan Love or they they really feel committed to Rodgers, okay, then then Love becomes a decent trade piece perhaps too. But I think trading Rodgers makes all the sense in the world and this injury almost sets it up too easily. I I you know what? I'll even go so far as to say the Packers would prefer that be the path. It's just if Aaron Rodgers gets in the way of that, will he sign off on moving to Manhattan? at this stage of his career, because I, oh, yeah. what's the upside for the Packers holding on to 12. Now they could reboot, uh, you know, as I keep saying about the Steelers transitioning from Roethlisberger to Pickett, they're trying to fuel the jet 30,000 feet in the sky. I think the Packers could really make out pretty good if they were able to purge Aaron Rodgers' contract for next year. Although um, I'm looking at the numbers and the, it, yeah. the contract is so crazy, unless there's something that I don't understand about it. I guess you can make it a post June for it would have to be after June first before before that. I think you could like agree to it. And I don't know how that works with trades. You can't designate a trade to be a post June first. So you'd have to. It's complicated with the timing because they'd eat all that salary cap because of the guarantees and his money and all that. nonsense. Here's the imagination part that I was getting at. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Here's here's the here's the better one for you. It's it's going real good in Baltimore. It's not going great, though. And maybe by the end of it, there'll be a three seed in the AFC. But, you know, you look at the Chiefs probably above them. You might get a wild card visit from the Buffalo Bills, the way things are tracking. That probably means a, a short playoff trip for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson to the other team in New York, the New York Giants. How say you? That's a good fit. You're so far ahead of things. And, and what do you think, Spaghetti? What do you think, Spaghetti? Jump in. Wouldn't that be a fun thing? I don't think that's going to happen. To Why not? Ball. Of course it would Baltimore's be fun. anxious to give him $250 million right now? They should be. Why wouldn't they be? I, the whole thing with the quarterbacks and pain, of course you can win with great quarterbacks. You want to have great quarterbacks. People blow so much money on random defensive ends that don't do anything. Like people really hunt. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, he's going to be making 33. It's like you're paying Bud Dupree 20 a year. How is that working out for you? It's like, no, they're they're going to happily pay Tannehill, by the way. And I just don't think, and Eddie, I, I would guess you agree that Baltimore will entertain anything for Lamar. I think they're just going to well, double tag him or pay him to fit. They're going to give him his money and or they're going to double tag him. They're not going to do anything. I think that's what's going to happen is that they're going to tag him because they want to just keep kicking it down the road as far as they can. The question is, and people push back on me about this, if Lamar Jackson, I mean, forget next year, if he had done this in August, just said like, well, I'm not playing without a long-term deal, then he has them jammed up and they would not proceed. People say, you think the Ravens would would be held hostage like that? Yeah, they would. There, there's, you could definitely do that if Lamar Jackson had a, uh, had a uh, you know, some bad agent doing his bidding instead of himself. I think that would have been the result. Now he's in a weird spot here. He, Although I've uh, heard, I've heard, you know, they drive, part of the reason that the deal's not done is like, whether it's sponsorships or a- a- any way that he runs his business, like him and his mom are no joke. <laughs> you know, they get top dollar. They they like their their off field deals that they've made. Generally, like he's got a piece of ownership. Like that, you know. I don't. I don't expect him to get a bad deal. Put it that way. I I think they've run. They've done it perfectly, and that kicking the can works for him just fine. If he wants to get the biggest contract in NFL history, which he probably will. I will say that the other looming thing that I started in on 
15 minutes ago is that Ronnie Stanley thing is not insignificant for a team that's so heavily run based. It's bad to have um, your all pro left tackle two years ago. Now, this is not a a small, uh, this is not a short term issue. This has gone on and on now for almost two seasons. Now, let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CZRFULL and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT. Step, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Couple more things real quick for you. I feel that a lot of people in our business are resistant to acknowledging the new thing that they're like, (laughs) I mean, the chiefs are going to be hard to go around. Let's settle. The bills now have achieved a rank where no one can rightly see this Miami dolphins team. I I think the Miami dolphins are the greatest show on surf. I think that they now replace (laughs) Kurt Warner and company. Okay. People point out the cynics say, well, listen, that Ram, the, that, those St. Louis Rams had Marshall Falk. The Dolphins don't have that. But you see what I'm saying, right? I see, I really believe that this team 
is going to continue now. It's only, you know, it's got a third of the regular season left. I think they have a real chance to win the division and run it all the way to the Super Bowl. How say you? I agree. I am concerned about their offensive line injuries. They they lost to Ron Armstead. Right. It's supposedly it's not as serious as they first feared, which would have been like a season ending peck injuries. So we'll find out. They also lost their right tackle, Austin Jackson. And when I know Tua was out for most of these games, but when they didn't have those guys, they suddenly went from this cohesive, great offensive line to just totally falling apart. Their, their backups just couldn't handle it. And you even saw that in the game. Uh, Mike McDaniel apologized about it afterwards that he was calling plays that were too aggressive when his tackles couldn't hold up. So that's a concern with the 49ers coming up next. They have three road games, Chargers after that, and then the Bills. I am with you, though. Tua reminds me of Kurt Warner. That's who he reminds me of. And that mm-hmm. they remind me of the Rams because those receivers are so deep. Like when he gets to the back of his route and then he just throws it and you're like, how are they already 20 yards down the field? And they haven't even make, made their break, but he throws it and then it just like flutters in there all perfect. I think that's a beautiful comparison. And I might uh, steal that greatest show on surf on our podcast, but I will I will name you and say that was that was Shek's. And then just one time though. And then we'll keep reusing. No, no, no. Yeah. Then you own ever again. That's how it goes. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of those things, you know, a year ago, I correctly ID case Keenum in from certain angles in a Browns helmet looks a lot like your pal, our pal, Mark Sessler. What about, why am I the only person on the planet earth? It seems who, who has noticed the physical similarities between you and Mike McDaniel. I mean, you're, you and you have his vibe too, or he has yours, right? I'll take it. I'll take it right now. Mike McDaniel's like opening the door for little annoying uh, guys that you don't think can command a room. I can, I can get yes. the respect of the locker room. I'll just come up with some great plays. That's all they want. They just want you know to what be you helped. need though. You want credibility in the locker room. You need, you need a clever um lefty to you know trigger man you know what damn a shit damn <laughs> you've seen this thing okay it's not a cannon but it gets the job done you know okay so wait you're playing in this scenario i do like how I'm small the mcdaniel is they list him at five nine i don't know if i buy that no but, way you, you need know, the glasses it's good, it's, it's good slight man representation I, I do i'm totally blind uh, I just don't wear my glass. I generally wear the context. So maybe I'll break. We need, I want you going full outfit for it. I want you dressing up like Mike McDaniel. How about <laughs> if the page, if the dolphins beat the Patriots, that's what you have to do. You have to do the next podcast dressed as Mike McDaniel. I don't even know what that would mean. I mean, he just wears like hoodies. I could get the beard. Like glasses, right now I'm pretty cleanly right. shaven, but I could get the beard looking like that. That would be fine. Um, okay. Last thing is this. Go ahead, make your wish. I don't care if it's for Christmas or if it's for Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you want it to be for. Go ahead. It's almost December. Make your wish now when you're sitting on Santa's knee. What is the postseason present you want most? It could be a Super Bowl matchup. That's fine. And by the way, mine is a redo of Super Bowl six. I think we're getting the Cowboys and Dolphins in, in uh, mm. Super Bowl 57. That would be amazing. Be that actually would be pretty high on my favorite Super Bowl possible matchups. Either one of those teams and both would be delicious. I could pick- be anything now. Could be any matchup you want. Could be any team advancing. Could be a team flat out missing the playoffs, whatever your desire. Okay. Uh, I'll, well, my preseason prediction 
was Eagles over Chiefs. So I'm, you know, I just want looking my predictions good. to come right. And that's looking great right now. They're they're both the one seed. So that is looking terrific. But that's not my wish. I want Gino to get into the playoffs and make a run. Just a couple road wins where Gino gets it done uh, like late in the game. It would be great if it was in San Francisco. Take take them out. I don't really have anything against any particular teams there, but just having Gina, that would, to me, bring me an incredible amount of joy. The, the next thing would be the Patriots beating the Jets for a third time in one year in one of the Patriots' worst seasons ever. It would be very difficult for that matchup to possibly happen, but that would be sweet because even if the Patriots don't win a game the rest of the year, it is kind of nice how they just ended up burying the Jets a few times. It's funny you say that because I, you know, I, I think one thing that's great, obviously, I mean, I think people feel this, whatever team they root for, whatever division foes they have, but really the Browns are like a punchline. I love to point out the Browns fans when, when, when they try to get after me, the Steelers fans, like, hey, we don't like each other. Like, no, I, you make me laugh. You, you amuse me like a clown. The Ravens are legit. The Bungles are trending in that direction too. Who is the Patriots' chief rival of the it's, 21st century? It's weird that it's it's the Jets. It, it huh. sounds stupid because it's been one-sided, but because of the whole Mangini thing and the whole resigning as HC and the fact that you always have Jets fans in your life because you live in that area. I also lived in New York for 10 years. It is it is the Jets. And you live in that podcast studio with Dan Hanzus too. That, yeah, that's part of it too. It was Peyton Manning, I would say, like just whatever team Peyton Manning was on. But that that's all over. We're just, they're just another team now. As Dan likes to point out, he was ahead of the game on that. He said the second Brady leaves, they're just another team. And he, he's right about that. They are just another team. But as Manning was there, Colts and then Broncos. I mean, the Broncos were the one team that ultimately can say they had the Patriots dynasty's number. In Brady's prime. Those were his best years, really, I would say. Um, since we're talking around the NFL, I do want to talk about your live show real quick and promote it. But, Ooh. you know, Sessler now, are the rumors true? It's been whispered in my ear that he remains a Browns fan. True? This is a touchy subject. He well, he says no. It's hard to are, pull the Band-Aid off. And, and, and I will say in we don't talk, We defense, don't talk about it. It seems like it's a hard thing to give up on. And I don't, I don't begrudge him that, but he doesn't like to talk about it. And now they're entering their awkward part of the season. So I think this will be easier for him to divorce. I want to say for the record, as a, as, as an olive branch in the season of giving and all of that, this is not your responsibility to explain away. You don't have to turn your back on the team. If you have been with this team for eons, then you you can dislike the owner. You can dislike their their decision making and otherwise. But one player should not. I don't think remove you from rooting for that team. That's my two cents. I know it might be uncomfortable, but the idea that you turn your back on them and reboot and, and choose another team to root for or just become, hey, I just like football. I'm going to watch it every week is unsatisfying too. So I say. Mm. embrace this team. Let the rest of, let the other 31 fan bases beat up Brown's ownership and management. That's not your responsibility to answer back for that. The other thing is I think Hanzoos was kind of right. I hate to be grinchy about this. Zach Wilson was an atrocity. I got that very wrong when he rallied them in Pittsburgh with everything going the right way with the Kenny Pickett arrival and all that. I thought, 
Zach Wilson never looks back. This Jets team has the answer <laughs> now at the most important position on a nice roster. They take off from here. That's not the case. I think Andrews is kind of right. Mike White ain't the answer. Like he's going to turn into a pumpkin sooner rather than later. This run doesn't go on for six weeks. It goes on for two weeks, maybe three weeks. And then we are reminded he's Mike White. So I think they're in a weird spot here. I think overall, though, it's a nice season for them no matter what. So you can't get too twisted up there. But I do think that they have to come up with a long-term answer. I think that goes without saying. Well, of course. But they they have one of the easiest schedules against pass defenses the rest of the way. He doesn't need to be the answer. But can he be... I'm trying to think of a that system quarterback that's worked well. I mean, a better version of Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard when when they had him in San Francisco and you know Mike LaFleur was there with them there. Like, yeah, he can be, I think, a better version of that. And that's all they need to go make the playoffs. And making the playoffs is all the Jets need. They haven't done it in a, in a decade. I think they'll do it. I agree. It. The bar is low. Yeah, that's exactly right. The bar is, is uh, relatively low for them. I'm trying to talk myself into some controversy there around the Jets. But if, you know... They continue to do what they're doing. If they get the double-digit wins, grand success no matter what, and an exciting offseason for, for Jets fans. All right, let's uh, let's talk about your live show. When is it and where is it? it it's is in Los the, Angeles. I know that. It's in L.A. We've never done an L.A. show. We always do one when we go to the Super Bowl or to London, uh, but this will be our first L.A. show. It's at the Bourbon Room Wednesday, January 18th. Tickets on Ticketmaster. Thanks, Sheck. Ticketmaster is where you get that. You want to go get them? The heroes will uh, will amass their their fame. I'm I'm really I think it's terrific. You you guys have stuck with this show. I think it's really good. I hear good things about it. Um, (laughs) Now, uh, over the moon for you, and also you got the uh, the Jeselnik and Rosenthal vanity project moving along there. Anthony Jeselnik, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Um, so make sure you check that out, whatever your uh, rooting interests are. Good times over there. And um, Mike McDaniel's doppelganger, Greg Rosenthal. Good times, Pally. Thanks, Sheck. And now a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. There he goes. Greg Rosenthal, the boss, Eddie Spaghetti. How say you? He had some interesting thoughts on the Giants. Are you? Do you I, I feel like I'm going to guess. You kind what what you you badmouth the Giants plenty, and you're not badmouth them, but you say like ah oh, whatever I'm fine with whatever happens. This has been a great season, but you don't like hearing another person who doesn't like the Giants say like ah come on this they're probably been playing over their heads. I don't like when people say that, but I think if you cite the injury factor, I'm fine with that. Like I have no problem being like, yeah, they're literally starting practice squad players. I can't argue that that's, that's true. A fully healthy giants team being like, well, I don't buy those like a win's a win. Like no matter how much you complain and say this, that, and the other, it's like the, the their win loss record 
is uh, a stone cold fact. So it's um, you know that's what's frustrating about it right now. And you know they're they're getting some players back, uh, namely Aziz Ojolari for this big Commanders game, which which should help. But um, they're still you know decimated receiver, decimated offensive line. So it's going to be hard for them to score points. And I think teams now are smarting up and trying to really lock down and stop Saquon. And he seemed to have lost a burst in this part of the season. So it, it's going to be a struggle to to maintain or or to get a, a playoff spot. Well, that's a huge game, and I'm uh, digging right now. Here we go. Uh, the Giants at home catching a point and a half from the visiting commies. A little surprised by that total on that one, 40 and a half. It's a pretty good weekend of games overall. You got the Packers and Bears rivalry for what that matters. Ravens really in need of a win against the bum Broncos with Russ coming to town. Boy, that has been the the biggest whiff that I've had in years. I thought Russell Wilson was going to really light it up with the Broncos, those nice pass catchers and everything else. I don't know what happens with that team um, after this season wraps up there. Who would have guessed that the Rams would be the ones out of it and catching five points from the visiting Seahawks upcoming? Here's If I'm wrong about the Cowboys and maybe the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, but the Dolphins at Niners is juicy stuff. Three and a half. Garoppolo given to Tua and company paying a visit up there. Raiders not completely out of it, hosting the Chargers, if nothing else, a great uniform matchup. And um, Bungles at home getting two and a half. Give me the Bungles. I'm going to ride that. You know, I point at that all the time, Spaghetti. When one team has another team's number, the Bungles have beaten the Chiefs two in a row, or they did last year. Why is that going to stop now? I'm not sure exactly. Yes, the Chiefs have been slightly better on the road than they have been in Arrowhead, but give me the bungles and the heater that they're on right now, especially catching a couple, uh, two and a half points there. And uh, the other one that feels like, ah, well, that's not very, but Monday night football, December 5th, the Saints at the Bucks. If the Bucks lose that one, Spaghetti. The Saints ain't out of that terrible division chase, and I hate to spend too much time on it because who really cares? Because it's a, the only thing that adds any intrigue to this is that it's Tom Brady. But otherwise, who cares about that garbage division? But if the Saints won that one and the Falcons beat the visiting Steelers, there's a real path for the Falcons to win that division. And by the way, the Saints, like I say, ain't out of it. Panthers on a nice semi run here. They look a little bit better with Steve Wilkes, but if you look at their record, you'll realize they don't really have a shot at uh, winning the division there. Spaghetti. I mentioned you on Saturday night. We're out at the Coliseum with among others, Kent Brown, our pal who was just on with uh, on uh, Mr. Lister with us. He proved himself to be the ringer. I anticipated in sports trivia. Um, you were both out there though, to watch the Irish lose to USC. And I thought, I think the big takeaway is I'm curious your thoughts. My thoughts on USC, a couple of things. First of all, do you agree that Georgia can lose? There's no way they obviously they're going to the final four, whatever they lose. Mm -hmm. Michigan can lose in the Big Ten title game. Doesn't matter by how much they're in. I think TCU, unless they get hammered by K-State, I think that they're in. I mean, they ran the table in the regular season. I'm not sure how you would justify moving them out and and for whom for two loss Bama that wouldn't make any sense on a piece of paper so really you're talking about USC needing to lose to open up the possibility and by the way I think Ohio State goes before two loss Bama goes if USC loses but 
I think USC is legit. One, I have to pat myself on the back for saying that was your best bet to get one of those playoff spots six weeks ago and Caleb Williams to get the Heisman. Um, But I also think Notre Dame put out a pretty good ball game and USC still beat them by 11. The takeaway is the Irish are good and they st- and, and USC still got them by double digits. That makes USC a legit team and a scary team for Georgia. I know Georgia should be able to beat them up, but man, Caleb Williams in that offense ain't jive. How say you? Um, I think if he wins the Heisman, it's one of the weakest Heisman's we've seen in quite some time for a team that's still not even a lock to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm not going to pick them against Utah. Um, if you want to call me biased, that's fine. I don't care. I mean, I despise that team, but I just don't think their defense is not good. I mean, Drew Pine was putting up numbers versus them. It, the Notre Dame just shot themselves in the foot with that um, that fourth and one tight end uh, sneak and then the fumble in the red zone uh, because USC's defense did not stop them at all. Uh, Notre Dame was not as great in the ground as I thought they would be. They had to rely on the passing attack more, which was a you know good job by USC's defense to at least force that because that was not the recipe for success. Um, some you know some iffy calls early on, but you know Caleb Williams is going to get the benefit of the doubt. So uh, I, I think. Utah's a real Utah beat them once. They have a real shot of beating them again. Um, and t- I think TCU TCU does not want to lose. I don't think they're a locked if they if they lose to get in. Michigan is probably okay. I'd say Georgia by far is the safest if they decide to. Oh, bench Michigan's everyone. definitely in though, right? I mean, how bad would they have to? T- their their strength of schedule their strength of schedule wasn't that great besides the victory over um, Ohio State, and that's one thing that bothers me too. Is like. I would probably I would take Ohio State in a rematch versus Michigan. I'd probably take Ohio State. I would t- definitely take Ohio State versus TCU, and I'd for sure take Ohio State versus USC. And if you t- if before this Michigan Ohio State game, if you said you know if you polled everyone saying would you be shocked if Ohio State did beat Georgia, everyone would be like, no, I could see CJ Stroud being great and winning that game. He could win the Heisman. It's just so weird to me that after one loss, we like. You move on from this team that had the Heisman favorite, has a potential top overall draft pick, uh, and then you know, it, like top uh, the best receivers in college football, uh, a pretty good ground game. It's it just very strange to me how we kind of uh, become prisoner of the moment when they're clearly a better team than some of these people who are now some of these teams that are involved now in the Final Four. Um, I don't. I think you know they probably. I'd be fine with them as a four seed. They'd be the first four seed to come to somehow like win the national championship. They're the first four seed that I think has a legitimate shot of beating a one. If they somehow got in and they, they probably do need the help of USC to lose to, to um, Utah. So I, I, it would be, it would be, I mean, I, I bellyache about this, as you know, every year, if USC wins that game and they, they, no, they if USC, if the USC answer, wins, but if USC wins, and they put Ohio State or anybody. That's not going to happen. It, it's crazy. Okay, it's not. We, we agree on that. Then okay, no, that won't happen. But no, 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 no. I'm should. I'm saying if USC loses to Utah, which I think is is real possible. Again, they lost them already once, and I still think USC is a flawed team. Like Caleb Williams had a bunch of scrambles, got out of it. If Utah does a, does a better job, Notre Dame's defense was not great. Um, so if Utah does a better job at stopping him, uh, I, I you know we know actually what killed Notre Dame too was the ground game. It was like their rushing attack, not even Caleb Williams. That actually would really hurt them. But my point is if Utah wins that game usc's out um i don't have a problem with ohio state moving in back in as the four because 
they have a legitimate shot in a neutral site to beat Georgia. I think they'd be the first four seed that you could actually oh, feel agree. pretty confident about that. So I, I'm not against Ohio State being back in the mix. Uh, I think they'd be the first four seed that legitimately could win the national championship as the four, um, because I think the three seed's pretty weak, and uh, I think Michigan is is beatable. Um, they just did not have a good game last Saturday. So I, I agree, I, but it it would be it it would be. The insanity would be, I almost want to see what they would do. They would put, I think they would put Ohio state in over Alabama. There would be absolutely no justification to put Bama. Well, I've heard some of that buzz Mm. that because I, and I, in the moment watching that, like you're going to lose by three touchdowns at home to any team in the country. Shameful. You cannot be in the tournament, but if USC loses, you have to put Ohio State in over two loss, bam, and I don't want to hear another word about it from SEC people. That would be a disgrace, but I don't think it's going to come to that. And I hear you on the Heisman. I go back and forth about, like, it. the Heisman Trophy is not an award for how good we think you're going to be in the NFL. But, you know, witness Jason White and, and a bunch of other bums who have won the award. But I do think it's lost its luster because of guys like Jay, Jason White getting it over Larry Fitzgerald. Some of those moments are bad. Like, could talk about getting caught up in the moment of what happens and being the QB on, on a good team leading you into the Heisman. I don't think that's the case with Caleb Williams. I think he is the real deal. He is dynamite. And I talk about prisoner of the moment stuff. Maybe that's it for me. But. Wouldn't you rather have Caleb Williams than any of the QBs from the last two years? Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence on down. I mean, wouldn't you, if you had to choose right now and they all start out at say, let's say age 22, you can have any of them at 22. Wouldn't you rather have Caleb Williams than any of the guys in the last two drafts? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I understand that you know, Trevor Lawrence has had a rough start to his career, but I could also say it's probably a lot to do with having Urban Meyer. He looked pretty good this Sunday. I think I still trust a generational talent and Justin Fields look really good too um, as of late. So I'm not going to go and take a, a guy that playing in a soft pack 12 division, like, you know, he's, he, he's only came on late because there's like no one else to give it to. If it was up to me, I mean, it's a weak year for the award to begin with, but I mean, who are like Stetson Bennett? Like you're the quarterback on the best team. Uh, his plays improved. Like, I know it's a boring answer to give, but especially if, if pack, I mean, obviously if USC loses to Utah, he's not going to get the award, but to me, like his highs and moments are what beating a four loss Notre Dame team, like in their building, like, okay, it's, it's, scr- not-, it's not the result. It's, it's the, it, it it's the um the visceral reaction to him in the I mean when he's doing those you know Fran Tarkenton kind of scrambles in one direction and then back the other and then completes a ball downfield or he runs for a first down that's electric stuff and I also think for what it matters as a NFL prospect you know he's doing it in LA and big spots that's not a small matter you don't have to worry about it, the moments being too big for him i think he's already painting fu on his fingernails and he's got a swagger about him he's you know i i i like his way quite a bit i mean i i i think he's the best qb prospect of the last 3 years and i and i include that over Bryce Young and CJ Stroud too um i know that's that's bold talk but uh but i mean it now Last thing before we get out of here, Spaghetti, is what are your thoughts on the New York Rangers? There's a lot of buzz that they need to fire Gerard Gallant. Agree or no? 
Uh, from New York people. This is not nationals. I, I'm, I'm looking at Rangers media, and a lot of people are like, they got to get rid of Galan already. This, this ain't working. No Rangers media people that I follow, uh, I've seen or read. That. I mean, I, Twitter. I mean, Twitter. I'm just, I'm not, I'm sorry, not fans. New York media. I don't care about fans on Twitter. Fans, I mean, he's, fans, he's, he's, he's not getting, right. he's not getting fired. Uh, it's not a, yeah, it's not a, it's, they're very up and down, uh, having a three goal lead versus a lot of, a team that a lot of people had in the Western Conference finals. Then to give up four goals in the third period was pretty awful. Um, you know, they, like it was a great win versus the, the Kings. They came back and beat a very good Kings team in, uh, you know, crypto arena. And then you go and give the Anaheim Ducks their first regular season victory, um, in regulation, which is as bad as it gets. So that it's just, they're, a, they win a great game, then lose a bad one. They're not consistent. Obviously, they made the, the trade to move Ryan Reeves. I think they're trying to load up, um, to, to get some cap space to then make a move of the deadline. And, and obviously they're dealing with some injuries here and there. It's it's uh they they've been playing Yarrow Halak a, a lot and they have not been winning with Yarrow Halak in net. And I think they're trying to do that just to get into the playoffs and have a fresh Igor because they know a healthy rested Igor is the victory, is the path to victory to win a cup. Um I I can't get too upset now. It's not even December yet, but uh, obviously if this continues in the new year, it's gonna be pretty uh pretty interesting. But I still have faith they're gonna make the playoffs. Man, I'll tell you. I'm I'm on board with the Pens. They're a flawed team, but they I, I do I, I have no doubt that they're gonna get into the mix. The the thing that is their bugaboo is they're they, you know uh, old news, but they're old, um, and so they struggle with this this schedule that is really I I can't remember it being so rugged as it is this year. See, it feels like they play three games in four nights, ongoing. It's weird. the The issue for a lot of those Wales conference teams. The Devils are getting so far ahead. It, I mean, how bad are they going to have to go in the tank to blow it at some point or at least to blow a playoff spot? And they're sucking up one of those eight slots that we didn't assume was going to be occupied by one of those bottom feeders like the Devils. So that removes an option for one of the teams we assumed was going to be in the mix. Florida Panthers could be in trouble. I think Tampa, you know, at some point it's going to catch up with Tampa. When you lose those... It, those second line, third line guys continually and defensemen, you know, second pair defensemen at some point that catches up with you. Um, that's just getting good. But we have months uh, of pro football and college football to deal with before we really sink our teeth into um, the hockey season and the basketball season. But we do appreciate it in the meantime, Greg, Th- Greg Rosenthal making some time for us. Check him out on around the NFL, Sessler and Hanzoos doing the good work as usual. Over there, and we'll be back. Extra points coming up on Tuesday, um, and then on Thursday, Eddie Spaghetti wavered, wired, f- waiver wired, and with Jen Piacenti again. You're right for the home stretch of fantasy football. Mister Lister coming up uh, on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. There, make sure you check out all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. We'll be back with a new minus three on Thursday with Kevin Hench for his usual appointment. And for Eddie Spaghetti and Greg Rosenthal and everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.